right, two, ladies and, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sean Steele Law Firm Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Alexander Eisner. I'm doing that just to mess with Mr. Sean Steele. We're also joined with Mr. Sean Steele, as always, wearing his Joe Biden glasses. We appreciate that. Uh, and uh, today we have the honor of hearing from uh, and being joined by an incredible chiropractor, uh, someone who has not only dedicated his life to chiropractic, but also to furthering the profession as a whole. And we're going to get into that later on. He is a graduate of BYU, board certified diplomat, American Chiropractic Neuro uh, Neurology Board, and obviously doctor of chiropractic from Life West, our very own Lawrence Adams. Dr. Adams, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Good to be with you. Uh, doctors, before we get started, a couple of preliminary things. You can either choose to think that I'm on the beach and the sun is intense, or that I may have had recent uh, eye surgery and I'm wearing dark glasses so you don't get to see the full details of a, of a recent bruise. Uh, don't worry, the other guy uh, looks much worse. Uh, but we're, we're, we're in good spirits, we're feeling well. Uh, Alex and I were just in Northern California. We were hoping to have a visit with Dr. Adams, but he is a real doctor, which means not only does he sit on the board of chiropractic examiners, he actually sees patients. <clears throat> By the way, that's not always been the case. We've had doctors that have sat on the board that just don't like patients or people or chiropractors. Uh, that, but that's an old story. Uh, we're going to hear some really updates. But today we've asked Dr. Adams to join us because we're in a party mood. We're celebrating a 100 years of legal chiropractic in California. It was almost 100 years ago that the voters voted two thirds to create the chiropractic board, which is independent of the state legislature, by the way. Uh, one of the only, one of the few medical professions, healthcare professions that is carried and guaranteed protection in the California constitution. So was it created by the governor? Was it created by the legislature? You know what legislators creating anything. In fact, if they just never showed up at Sacramento, life would be better, but that's my opinion. In the meanwhile, the BCE is a big deal. They were created because chiropractors are going to jail for, by the thousands. Uh, in, in the teens and in the early 20s. And finally, California had enough. Voters uh, put together a, uh, an initiative, got it on the ballot, the voters voted for it. And then the hundreds and hundreds of chiropractors that were in jail or had recently been in jail were pardoned by the governor. He was smart enough to see which way the wind was blowing. So the fine governor pardoned everybody in, in 1923. And this created a, an international movement to legalize chiropractic as an independent healthcare profession. I think that's exciting. I'm a student of history. I like that kind of stuff. A lot of folks don't get it, but you know what? We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. The guys and the gals and gals, a lot of women. Chiropractic was more open to women than any other healthcare profession and still is. Sometimes you'll have classes where 50% of the students are females. So I come from three generations of female chiropractors myself. But Dr. Adams, uh, you're, you're in effect are unofficially representing the board. You are vice chair of the board. Uh, there's a lot of exciting things that are going on. And so Alex and I got some provocative questions for you. But before we turn to you, because we only have 30 minutes, we end exactly on the dime at 1.30 and Alex is in charge of putting that together. Alex is going to tell you how you can hear this broadcast in the future, but also <clears throat> Golden Boy just had a bit of, shall we call it good luck? We or can hard call it work? good luck. Alex just came back from a jury trial Monday last. He was just on a national 
Zoom symposium about how he and our and, uh, and another law firm that we uh, we coupled up with got an eleven million dollar verdict on a chiropractic case. Uh, so and not only that, we have a new book we're springing to the world. Alex, tell us about your verdict, about the book. And let's, let's start asking some questions about uh, to Dr. Adams. Yeah, we're five minutes into this podcast. We haven't even heard from our distinguished guest, um, but I will, I will throw a couple, of, uh, a couple of things out there on, on that subject. We did get a fantastic verdict from, for an uh, incredibly deserving client uh, that was referred to us by a, uh, an incredibly caring and thoughtful chiropractor uh, who not only did a great job uh, treating this patient, but also did a great job of directing the treatment, quarterbacking the care, uh, and we are, we're very thankful that she got the case to us. We hope that we, uh, we, you know, we were good custodians of that person's case and, and the chiropractor's care. Uh, needless to say, this chiropractor will be uh, receiving 100% of her bill, <laughs> um, uh, which of, of course is the applause line. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, but so I, I wanted to, to comment on that. Um, and that was a great result. Um, we, we had a lot of fun putting that trial on. Uh, so thanks for, for giving me the opportunity to say that, Sean. I appreciate that. Uh, we do have a book coming out. I do want to plug the book. Normally, I would have waited to the end, but Sean gave me the opportunity, so I'm going to jump through it. It is called The Intelligent Chiropractor's Guide to Survival, um, and it is an A to Z desk reference slash novel. Uh, it can be read cover to cover or as a reference guide, but it is, a, it is the Bible for PI uh, and, and chiropractors, chiropractors in the world of PI. Um, and it is just, uh, I mean, we, we've spent years writing it, literally years writing and rewriting this book. Uh, it is nearly 50 years in the making of combined experience in going into this book. Uh, and, uh, and I think, uh, I think every chiropractor should own a copy of it. Uh, it's going to be available for sale starting September 20th. Uh, so that is coming up next Tuesday, very, very soon, less than a week away. We're very excited um, so check that out, uh, September 20th. If you go, go on Amazon, it'll be available. I think there's a special price for the first day it's available. So I uh, really want to put, uh, let isn't it, there a website too, to avoid the, the, the monopoly of Amazon? There will be a website. It's not live yet. It should be live in the next couple of days. Intelligent uh, will be the website, but it's not live yet. So, uh, uh yeah, you can write that down and, and prepare yourself. Intelligent We also have a wait list for the book. If you want to be the first on the list of people to get the book. Will you, will, will you and I autograph the first few advanced copies? We we certainly will autograph copies. I don't know how we'll do that with Amazon, but we can work it out. Jeff Bezos, I have him on speed dial, so he and I will figure out how to how to get autograph copies in everybody's hands. If you get a copy and it's not autographed and you want it to be, you just send it to us and we will autograph it, send it back. Or come to one of our live seminars and we'll autograph it there for you. That would be fantastic uh, as well. But now that we've gotten all that out of the way, um, and at the end of the broadcast, I will talk a, a little bit about how you can hear this if you're not one of the people listening live right now. Dr. Adams, thank you for being with us. Thank you for spending your time. I don't know if it's a volunteer gig or I'm sure they don't pay you enough if it isn't uh, to, to sit on the chiropractic board, the board of examiners. Um, but what, why don't you start by just giving us a little overview of what it what is it actually like? I mean, everybody sort of has, I, I certainly view the chiropractic board a little bit like the state bar in that there's sort of a, a scary government, not government, but government style oversight board. 
Um, I imagine it's not as scary in real life as as we all make it out to be. Give us a little, give us a little behind the scenes. What's it like to really serve? Uh, well, thank you again for having me, um, and congratulations on your verdict and uh, on your upcoming book coming out. That's exciting stuff, and I hope I get a signed copy from you guys uh, okay. as a as a as a gift for my time here today. Perhaps okay, sure. um, I. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've been on the board since October of 2020, and um, I, I too had, you know, kind of a, a different understanding about the board than than what I now have as as a as a member of the board. Um, and it's not a scary thing. Our whole goal, uh, our we're tasked as a board to uh, primarily protect the public. That's our our uh, our primary directive, and we do that through. Uh, licensure through education and through enforcement is is uh, is is how we word that when we begin each public meeting. And um, as as a member of the board, we our roles vary. We we have committees that we serve on. I happen to serve on the enforcement committee as well as the um, continuing education committee. And then we have government committees, and then we have um, you know a new committee for licensure. So we we're we're really about helping the profession. I think one of the 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 history of the board has, as uh, as Sean alluded to at the beginning, has has had you know kind of its ups and downs over the years. And there's been that opinion that it was uh, perhaps a little bit more punitive. And we're wanting to change that. The board that we're on now is very young. Um, I'm the second longest serving member of the board, and I've only been on for two and a half years. Um, actually, not even two years. What am I saying? A year and a half. And uh, and our chairman, uh, Dr. Paris, uh, has only been on the board for about four years. So we're very young. We're very excited. And uh, and I think we're getting a lot of things moving in the right direction. Uh, one of our primary goals is to is to start having more outreach and more communication with our our licensees and our stakeholders to assist them in that and in, in what it is that we do and how we can and help move uh, chiropractic forward uh, chiropractic. Unfortunately, in the last decade is the only discipline, healthcare discipline in the state of California that is reducing in number. And, uh, and that's kind of a sad um, aspect. There's multiple reasons for that, economic as well as uh, other aspects. But uh, we want to see that change. And we think that by having more outreach and, uh, and helping chiropractors understand, um, you know, really how valuable they are in their communities can, can go a long way for that. Um, so it's not scary. The, the probably the scariest thing that the board does is that we do, in, at, from time to time, have to uh, preside over uh, what we call petitioner hearings, where people that have been disciplined in the past are trying to get their license back or trying to get uh, um, taken off probation, you know, early to have their license fully restored. And we take that very, very serious because we realize these people have. Uh, have done everything they can to get themselves back to a place of of good grace and uh, and striving to to do the right things after having made some poor decisions in the past. Um, and sometimes that's hard because, you know, we realize that some people aren't ready yet, haven't done enough, and then there are people that are. Um, and so that's probably the scariest thing we do. Um, <laughs> so Dr. Adams, I, I, here's, here's something that's been on my mind because Sean and I have taught uh, ethics uh, ethics and law, and we, we've been approved to teach ethics and law for continuing ed for chiropractors for years now, and tour around California teaching ethics and law. And um, so, I, you know, I, I feel fairly well acquainted with the with the board's rules. Um, but 
when I when I teach that subject, we get a lot of chiropractors that are just scared to death of violating a rule, particularly unprofessional conduct, but some of the others as well, accidentally. Um, you know, these are good docs, the ones that show up and really want to learn. These are good docs, right? They're, they're not the ones intentionally breaking rules about, you know, some of the some of the more obvious things that like, well, the only way to really mess that up is on purpose. These are docs who are worried about making mistakes on accident. So my question to you is, what are you seeing doctors mess up on accident that gets them in front of you or in front of the enforcement committee or with their license, you know, on shaky ground? I mean, what, what are some of the things that you see that you're like, man, that doc, you know, didn't know that they were stepping in it when they stepped in it. And if only doctors knew about this, they could maybe avoid some of these pitfalls. You know, that's a great question. Uh, so, so the biggest thing that we find and you got to distinguish there's accidental mistakes. And certainly when the investigation happens, um, if something's brought to the board's attention, a lot of that stuff never comes to us until it's it, it really until it's something that's intentional. Accidental stuff a lot of times gets worked out really at that early level. And um, and we're trying to we're trying to do more of that. What we call desk resolution of these violations where someone is either, hey, you know, just just clean it up and, and do better. Um, sometimes, they, you know, there's a fine that's that's given, you know, kind of a slap on the hand type fine. But when people are doing something accidentally and just don't know, um, you know, a lot of times that's just worked out at, at a level. And, you know, when somebody's, you know, not intentionally doing something. Uh, and so we a lot of those just get handled by the by the enforcement uh you know, investigators and, and 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 workers and analysts at the at the board level, um, but the most the probably the biggest thing that we see is it, from a violation standpoint is people that are not keeping good records. They don't keep good records, and so what happens is they they get a they they have something happen where they've um, build something and there's been a dispute over a bill and then the records are requested and then all of a sudden there's a whole flood of other things that that the board is dealing with because somebody didn't keep their good soap notes didn't you know uh, do informed consent didn't um, you know write down uh, certain aspects of the soap process and so then they kind of get other things kind of tacked on and I and I understand that's a real fear for people our one of our things we're going to start doing is an outreach is that we're going to start getting into the schools and and visiting with seniors that are about to graduate and go over the top 10 violations that they're dealing with so that they know when they come out, you know, what they're taught in the schools, if they were to continue to do exams and keep records like they do in school, they're going to be okay. The problem is, is that they get busy. You know, when you're in, when you're in clinic in chiropractic school, your goal is to see, you know, 500 people over a year. Well, when you get busy in practice, if you're only seeing 500 people in a year, you're probably going to have a hard time making it in practice. So you're seeing more numbers. And and so things start to corners get cut and mistakes get made. And then when you get a request of your records to the board and you don't have your your your, your ducks in a row, then you're going to be. And those are the things we see record keeping um, less so. But, you know, it does happen is billing issues or advertisement issues, false advertising, or not knowing that you got to put DSA when you put your name in there. You can't just put doctor, you know, you have to make sure that people know you're a doctor of chiropractic or a DC. But those are minor things that, that usually get handled at the investigation level and handled very easily. I appreciate you, you saying all that. I think that we talk about that stuff a lot, the, the putting stuff on your website that's nebulous, 
uh, you know, the the billing and and uh, I mean, we leave a lot of that to Sam Collins, who knows way more about that stuff than we do. But um, making sure that you're billing and your ducks are in a row with with record keeping. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, where do a lot of these complaints come from, I'm guessing, is from disgruntled patients, right? Disgruntled patients that will bring something to the board's attention and that'll cause the initial investigation to happen. And so what can you do to avoid a disgruntled patient? Well, you know, you don't want to have issues where if they request their medical records, I mean, legally, they're required to get them within 15 days. Well, if you are a not keeping good records or b not able to wanting to produce the records, um, you're going to create a disgruntled client who's got pretty good grounds under the business and professions code to send a complaint to the state board. And, and now everything you're doing, it's like a, it's like an IRS audit, everything. Now everything's fair game to be looked at. Well, where, why aren't you doing these records? Why aren't you documenting necessity for treatment? Why aren't you, I mean, and, and, and so I mean, we, we see a lot of that happening uh, and we, we lecture about that in, in our, in our continuing ed classes, but it's great to hear you talk about it too, because um, you know, I, I think a lot of the docs, like I was saying, are, have their parts in the right place and they want to be helping people. And, and a lot of times they see some of the paperwork as unnecessary or sitting in the way of them doing their jobs, which is adjusting patients and making them feel better. Um, and, you know, I'm not to put words in your mouth, but the paperwork's important. I mean, making sure that those papers are in a row is not just something you do for school purposes. It's something that we do to protect ourselves, to protect our patients, to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that the necessity really was there for that treatment or that the condition uh, is being followed over a long period of time. We can see that change in that growth. And I mean, that there's, there's good reasons to keep these records other than just, you know, for enforcement purposes. Uh, and, and, you know, so I think that's, you're right, that the people get busy and, and that those corners get cut. Alex, let me jump in. We only have a few minutes. One doctor mentions that's uh, on the chat line right now. says, well, you know, what is this to, to protect the public from chiropractors? And I was on, I served on the acupuncture board. I was chairman for two years and that really bothered me initially. You know, we're only here, you know, we're, we're the policemen for the, for the acupuncturist to, to protect, the, you know, the poor, the poor public. And, and the doctor's questions of everyone saying, well, yeah, what about the rapacious attorneys and, and the insurance companies that are cheating, lying, and, and taking advantage of us? You know, what, you know, shouldn't the board be doing something about that? Well, no, not under the law, not, not with state associations like this throughout the country. The bar regulates attorneys, the dental board regulates uh, dentists, uh, the cosmetology board, and, and so on. Um, and so there has to be somebody, you know, keeping track and it's much better having a chiropractor looking at a chiropractor than a medical doctor. Some states, by the way, still have the chiropractic doctor licensed under a medical authority, although uh, they're, they're an independent profession. So you don't want somebody that's in, in a hostile neighborhood. So it's an irritation. Uh, but I also believe, uh, and this is not what the Department of Consumer Affairs wants us to say, uh, and I'm a former member, so I can say whatever I want. I think we also should be advancing the profession. And I think if you have a healthy profession, you advance it. Dr. Adams, you're talking about actually going to the colleges. Yes. What do you mean by that? The board's never done that before. You approve of the colleges. You approve of their hours. You approve of their curriculum. Uh, you, you have legal authority over the chiropractic colleges. We have three in California. How would you go to the classroom? 
Well, actually, the, the board has um, in the past started doing some board meetings at chiropractic schools, which enables the students to attend the actual open portion of the meeting, which has been great. And we're going to get back to doing that. COVID put a kind of a, a damper on that, but we're going to be getting back to that. So we're probably going to be meeting in the um, fall of 2023 is going to be at, down in, in Southern California at the college there. Um, and uh, at least that's the hope. And that will allow the, the students of the college to attend the open meeting and to actually hear petitioners and kind of get an idea of what some people are going. I mean, it's it's you know, it's 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 a hard thing to watch when somebody's a petitioner, you know, begging for their license back in a sense. Um, but it's a good thing for new incoming chiropractors to see, hey, you don't want to jeopardize. You know, you're a student. You you come out of school with, you know, you know, who, you know, sometimes up to a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt. You know, you don't want to jeopardize your ability to practice by doing something, you know, that uh, you could avoid by just, you know, crossing your T's, dotting your I's and know what those regulations are. So we see it as, a, as an important outreach for as, a, as board members to go in and, and get an opportunity to, to sit with these seniors and answer questions that they have so that they don't have this, you know, like as Alex alluded to, you know, this, oh, this, you know, this big bad board up there that's going to slap my hand every time I turn left or right. We don't want that. We want to know that we want chiropractors to be thriving, to be successful, um, but we also want them to to, you know, to follow the rules. And uh, for example, you know, sexual misconduct is another thing that happens. And a lot of it happens, you know, as as a consequence to misunderstandings. And unfortunately, a misunderstanding that doesn't get handled properly can lead to a person losing their license um, and, and, and having to, you know, or to, to not be able to practice freely to have to have somebody with them all the time whenever they're adjusting a female patient or a male patient, depending on the accusation. But if we are as chiropractors communicating what it is that we do and that we are a hands-on profession and we are going to be touching parts of, of, your, of your body when we adjust you, that if you know in advance the reason that area might be adjusted and, and there's cause for it and there's relationship with what you're, the outcome you're trying to do and you communicate that, then you're going to see a lot less of these confusions and concerns and, uh, and a lot of time and energy and money being spent on uh, on these types of issues. And, and we want everybody to, to be successful and to avoid those pitfalls. And so the more that we can get in there and talk about people, um, I mean, to students and you know early chiropractors can be beneficial for helping them understand what it is that uh, that they need to be rules they need to be following that are that are the top ten kind of missteps that we see often. I'd like to see those top ten missteps if uh, uh, if you could send us a copy, we'll we'll publish it. Uh, and we may add it onto the to the podcast. And, and a couple of other thoughts. Um, when, if you look at the original act of 1922, there are several things that chiropractors in 1922 put on the ballot. And one of them is that uh, they, will put, they will discipline a chiropractor who is involved in habitual- uh, habitual, intemper uh, habitual intemperance with ardent spirits. Yeah, with ardent spirits. Uh, and also there's a prohibition against using narcotics. And there was also a prohibition about uh, claiming to treat uh, men for lost manhood. I mean, bizarre stuff. I mean, I've heard a lot of things, but I don't know of a single chiropractor, although I think in this day and age, we probably could use, use some chiropractors that could do that, but it's illegal. You can't, you can't help a man for lost manhood. That, you send him to a lost manhood specialist, I suppose. Right. But chiropractors don't do that. 
And your idea of going to the college is great. We did that at Royal College for an acupuncture school. I think being on the campus is terribly important. And then the final comment, because we're really running out of time, I want you to talk about uh, some of the changes for the that you see anticipated uh, for the board in the next five years. There's some substantial rule changes that will be a, 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 impacting impacting every chiropractor. And so, so what what's what's coming around the corner? Well, one of the most the most uh... You know, probably the most uh, telling, well, not telling, but uh, most exciting, I think it's exciting, is that uh, we're going to be, uh, we've implemented and voted on, and it's already come out of the, the full board, so it's hit the process of uh, being legally written and then and then handled, is uh, that Zoom will become uh, a permanent option for live CE. So that, that will, people will still be able to do CE live, you know, and get credit for it, but they'll also have zoom be live as well so that's something that's coming down the pipe probably in the next four to six months will be implemented um and does that mean that all of their live required hours can be done via zoom that there's no in person there's no in-person requirement yeah that live or in person would be considered the same i mean live via zoom you know what, what they call synchronous learning yeah. versus asynchronous or on-demand learning that's still considered to be you know, uh, not live. And so, and you'll be able to get 12 of your hours through that, but through Zoom, uh, you'll be able to have 12 of your hours considered to be uh, the same as if you were in person. So, so Alex, if I heard that right, you still have to show up and see, be in a room for 12 hours a year. So you, can, you can be in your home watching and, and, uh, and participating via Zoom. 100% of the time. Uh, well, you you know you could do the other part. You can do twelve hours on demand, or you could do twenty four hours uh, via Zoom. Okay, so no except more live seminars. Right now, except for right now, technique will have to be in person. Ah, so and you're changing the requirements of the of, of the of the core uh, uh, core courses. Well, it, that it, that's not finalized yet, but it's in the process of of we're we're going to be probably it, it will likely come out of committee here fairly soon that we're going to be. Um, updating the CE uh, requirements. It'll still be 24 hours, um, but the required was going to probably move up from the six to 10 to 12. And they're going to be separated into four kind of core areas um, having to do with uh, record keeping, ethics, examination, um, and uh, evaluation and uh, management, as well as um, technique. And ethics. Ethics is always going to be there. So ethics, record wow. keeping. So there'll be a couple hours of ethics. Then there'll be record keeping. The hours I don't have specifics on yet, but it's going to be somewhere between 10 and 12 hours of required time out of that 24. Um, instead of right now, you have two hours of ethics required, and then you have four hours of, of exam or four hours of technique or four hours of billing um, that are, are option, you know, four, four, four in those areas you know, bringing you to six hours of, of, of total time um, out of the 24 that's required. So we're going to make, you know, record keeping and ethics and examination and evaluation and management aspects as well as technique required um, because we think that's important every year for people to be on top of those. And that reflects what have been the, the top 10 violations uh, have, are in those particular areas. So we're going to be, um, you know, making that a point so that every year chiropractors are reviewing and, and being brought up to speed on current regulations if there's changes in the regulations as we're updating enforcement regulations so 
those things in the next two to three years are going to be a lot of stuff coming out of the board that is going to really be updating. Like you alluded to things in the act that are kind of arcane or, or don't really make sense today. Um, and so some of those things are going to be cleaned up and made more clear or uh, um, more, uh, more modernized in their language. A regulatory agency modernizing is uh, is is like a is like a jumbo shrimp. It's like con a contradiction, <laughs> contradiction in terms. That's, that's Doctor Dr. Adams, I want to thank you for being here. It was very quick, and I, I have a hundred more questions for you, uh, especially as uh, particularly in the weed stuff about about how the the uh, the board chose to to put this in and not that in. Um, but we'll have to save those for another day. Um, and I do want to invite you to come. In November, uh, we have our annual seminar in um, in uh, Los Angeles at, at the Westin and LAX. It's our eight-hour seminar. Uh, I, I don't know that you really require any continuing education per se, uh, but I will tell you that the speaker lineup this year is going to be spectacular, and we anticipate, with obviously your approval, uh, eight hours of continuing education that day. So that will be uh, a phenomenal uh, day of speakers. But uh, if you if you uh, are capable of coming, uh, you certainly would be our guest uh, at the event, and and we could uh, we could use you to to answer some questions and do some board outreach, uh, get the, help uh, help help change the image of that board. I do want to thank you uh, again for coming. I want to let people listening know where they can hear this. Alex, I thought you were going to be hosting a party or something. What I happened? am. Oh oh, there's so many good things in so little time. Sixty seconds I have left. Oh. So to celebrate the 100th year of the chiropractic at the anniversary, we are hosting a huge party at the CCA. So to answer somebody's question earlier about uh, who's looking out for me, I'm the chiropractor, nobody's looking out for me. California Chiropractic Association is looking out for you in California. There are similar organizations in other states, but in California, CCA, they're holding their annual convention, uh, their fall convention at the Estancia Hotel in La Jolla, the last weekend of September into October, uh, 29, 30, and then uh, 1 and 2 October. Uh, and on September 30th, in the evening, we are hosting a huge party. Uh, it's the only thing going on that night. So if you're there for the convention, you'll be, uh, you should come. It's free, uh, free drinks, free food. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but we are truly celebrating uh, the 100th year anniversary of the Chiropractic Act, which uh, we believe led the way, paved the way for chiropractic in this country. Uh, and a lot of other countries actually use that as an example, as a model, so that we're very uh, happy about that. We hope everybody can come out. If you are not listening live, uh, this can be listened to as our podcast on iTunes, Audible, uh, anywhere else that podcasts are available. Uh, usually the day after the event, it's going to go up. It's also the video from this is available on YouTube, Sean Steele Law Firm YouTube channel. You can find the video from this so you can see Sean in his glasses and all of his glory uh and um and that's it thank you guys so much the book the book's coming out jesus i got so much to talk about the book's coming out september 20th amazon.com it's also uh intelligentchiro.com is going to be uh, up and live in a couple of days so if you want to check out the book highly recommend it oh sean am i missing anything yeah you're missing a whole lot of stuff but i, I want to thank dr adams particularly uh, he's a cca member he was a leader in the cca he goes to CCA meetings. I mean, this business that that the profession uh, that the board is not not connected to the profession is not true. I know this for a fact. I I, I remember just not too far ago where, where where there were several people on on the board that were just not friendly at all, and they thought they had to be policemen with a with a with a bully club. Dr. Adams is is an includer. I think this is healthy for chiropractic. 
Uh, and I think this is the kind of a message we want to uh, we want to share with, for the entire profession. So, Doctor, it's a great honor and thrill having you here today. Uh, we look forward to seeing you. We'd like to have you again because we just scratched the surface. And I know I'm getting a lot of emails right now asking me questions that I can't. We've run out of time to even ask you. So, but uh, we'll we'll continue to do it. Any questions for Doctor Adams? Just contact me, Sean Steele at SeanSteele.com, and I'll forward it to him. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to coming back in the future. And uh, I won't be at the CCA meeting. I'll be uh, presenting a paper in a conference in North Carolina that weekend, but uh, I'll try to get down there in November. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot.